Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And today's what is going to be a delightful look into the world of past lives and reincarnation. And we're going to be taking this journey through Carol Bowman's Past Life Forum, which is located at childpastlives.org. Now, reincarnation. How does it work? Do we know? I don't know. Do you? If you do, don't spoil it for everybody. And if you don't, well, maybe you'll learn by listening to this exciting episode of Lou Reads the Internet for you. All right, so we're going to get started here with uh, the first of many posts from this forum. And the first post that we'll read is the Past Life Forum, subforum Reincarnations and Past Lives, subforum Past Life Memories, and a thread entitled, How Did You Die? by new member Elijah. How Did You Die? I believe I may have had more than one past life. However, a memory of death sticks in my mind, and I thought it would be an interesting topic for here. Exactly how did you die last time? From as early as I can remember, I have had this memory, but I could never put my finger on it exactly. Whenever it was an overcast day, and if I was near trees or a park, I would begin to feel really strange. It would always happen in the summertime, though. Other times of the year I would feel it, but it was never as strong. I had flashes of a large tower made of bricks in the middle of a forest or woods. Each time the sky would be overcast or it had just been raining. Recently, I've had more memory come to me because of meditation and because I really want to explore this further. It was on a visit to Skipton Castle that I began to understand these strange flashes and memories. For on that visit, it was a cloudy day. In the middle of the courtyard of Skipton Castle is a very old tree which had been there for countless years. There I felt this strangeness again, as if I had been here in another time, but I could not quite see it. It was just an inner knowing. However, I had another flash of memory come to me, and I looked down at myself, and I was wearing armor. Since then, I have explored this further, and I have had flashes of strange ritual, and there are things I know that no one has told me about beforehand concerning magic and ritual pertaining to the Knights Templar. Knowledge, I might add, that you would only know if you were a Templar Knight. Those outside the Order don't know anything about these things. How I know as well that it is secret knowledge is because of what it is, not because any modern-day Templar has told me. As I continued with my exploration of this, a memory of my death came to me, and I saw for the first time clearly and felt it all over again. My vision came to me as I meditated. I saw an overcast sky and the tops of trees. It was midsummer, and I was in the company of several knights on horseback, walking through the woods as we passed this large brick tower there. I recall I was wearing my armor, but I didn't have my head covered, and I was dizzy. I had been crying or something, and my body was shaking. There was terrible pain in my left side, and I could hardly stay awake. But I had to. I had someone to go home to. And so this continued, and the next memory flash I have is sitting under this giant oak tree, feeling very weak and disoriented, and watching the sun come up over jagged mountains. I remember thinking how beautiful the world was, and there at that moment was my death. Of that I am sure, because light filled my eyes and my soul, and light was all I could see, and the weakness of my body faded. It was a great experience to go through what may have been my death. I wonder if others remember how they died, too. And Green Knight replies, 
For some reason, reading your post made me think of someone struck by lightning. I don't know why. Of the lives I know, I have been shot in the back twice. Once as an indentured female servant in colonial America, and once as a soldier in the American Civil War. I was also poisoned once in a monastery where I was a very young, most unwilling monk somewhere in Europe. And Ailish writes, Hi, Elijah. Several of my lives ended from starvation, most often in Ireland. I've died from illness in many lives. In 1950s Boston, I was hit by a car running in the road. There was a plague that took my family in the 1300s. I survived and lived with the nuns, only to succumb several years later to the same plague. I've also died from a snake bite. There was some sort of fire with a lot of noise in one of my lives. I'm not entirely sure I know what happened, but remember the burning feeling. Something to do with the plane. I've also been killed at the hands of others. In, in Wales, I was killed by the same men who destroyed our village earlier. Oh, and in my gypsy life, my mother and I were imprisoned by men who tortured us. So she tied ropes around both our necks and hung us. I have never considered that murder more like an act of mercy. There are many other stories, but too many to share. Hippie 16 writes, In my last life, I think I may have died from drug use, alcohol use, or the effects of it. Then my life before that, from my regression, was about 1948, 1949, and I was in a hospital. I think it had something to do with my heart or my lungs. I wasn't old. Maybe my late 30s. Wow. Aish. How do you remember all those lives? I know I have more than two past lives, but I only have memories from, from the two most recent ones. I only get feelings from my lives further back. No actual memories. And Shelley writes, I remember my deaths in my three most recent past lives. The most recent death, I was in my 40s, I believe. I believe I had an illness that came on gradually and I chose to die in my own bed. I was fully aware and prepared for my death at the time. The two lives before that, I died in childbirth. In one life, I was 18. In the other life, I was 22. I think there's a possibility of a life where I was burned to death, possibly more than one. But that's just a feeling I get rather than concrete memories. And Little Moon writes, The only one I remember was one of being strangled. This was in a dream, but I am almost positive that it was a PL memory. Some feelings about how I might have died before. Car accident, me in the passenger seat. Strong feeling about that one. Gunshot. That's all I can think of for now. And Curious Girl adds, I think that I died from a long disease or pneumonia in my last life. It was a peaceful death. I was lying in a hospital bed. It was a beautiful summer afternoon. The roses were in bloom and a lovely nurse, a nun, took care of me. And then I died. But then there were two times that I think I drowned. I recall a lack of air, breathing problems, going under water, extreme fear, but I have no idea from which life this memory comes. I have remembered that I am in Paris, near the River Seine, but I never came close to the water, but I lived there. The quays are all quite broad, and there's always been a bench to sleep on, or a bridge, where you can hide when it starts raining. I was a safe place except for the water... And then there was a fight between drunks and homeless. Sometimes someone fell in the river and drowned. I think I've seen that or I almost drowned myself. I have no clear memories of that. Once I also had a dream about being shot. That was less scary. The shot might hurt, but the more blood you lose, the more sleepy and peaceful you feel. But again, I'm not sure if this was a past life memory. I have vague memories about two other lives, but I don't know how I died in those lives. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll read two more of these. And uh, Serona86 writes, In my life as a WW2 soldier, I believe I was shot in the head by a sniper. Totally unexpected, of course. Death was swift. In another life, I believe I committed suicide by stabbing myself in the stomach. 
I'm not sure about the time period, but probably a few hundred years ago, I was being forced into an arranged marriage, which I managed to put off till I couldn't any longer, and I chose death over an arranged marriage. And Lights adds, I died quietly at home in Twickerham, England in 1952. I had been quite ill for some time, fighting bronchitis and something called atheroma, which as I understand it was a type of fatty deposit on the inside of my arteries. I do know that I was considered to have heart failure, and I remember at the end I was pretty weak. My last night I requested an old friend and shipmate and his wife to come by for a visit. What memories I have of it is that I was in good spirits and I just wanted an old friend to spin a yarn or two with. Gillespie, that was his name, and his wife were kind enough to accede my request and came by. Whilst Miss Gillespie chatted with my wife Sylvia, I chatted with Gillespie. After an hour or so I was getting very tired, so my wife and son put me to bed. During the night, I saw my old friend William Murdoch standing by my bed, saying, Laddie, it's time to go, in a voice which told me I needn't bother to argue the point. After that, I was floating above it all, and remember nothing more until I woke up as a small girl in Michigan. All in all, it was a very peaceful death, and except for having to leave my dear wife Sylvia behind, I did not regret going much, if at all. Tough luck for the sun. And the last one I'll read is Deborah, an executive director on the site, who writes... My last lifetime was in Italy. I died of ovarian cancer in my mid-50s. Well, and this thread goes on and on and on and on and on. Yep, lots, well, only two pages, but still more than 50 responses. Anyhow, and for the next thread, we go to the Past Life Forum, Subforum, Reincarnation and Past Life Subforum, Beginner's Corner Subforum, in a thread entitled, When Does the Spirit Enter the Body? by Alyssa Rose. And it goes like this. At what point do you think the spirit or soul enters the baby? Conception? Implantation? Quickening birth? Or does the spirit move in and out inside the womb? TLD writes, If I remember correctly, from a Paul Weiss book I once read, it kind of comes and goes, getting more attached through the pregnancy. I think it's a difficult question, with all the abortion controversy. And Tangera writes, Welcome, Alyssa Rose. Welcome to the forum. Yes, TLD, that sounds about right. There is a very good book with all kinds of basic information about reincarnation from the early historical accounts to the present day, examining and demolishing most of the skeptic arguments, various controversies, and the latest research by the likes of Dr. Ian Stevenson. It's called Exploring Reincarnation by Dr. Hans Tendam, a Dutchman. He has done many regressions in the course of his psychiatric practice, and obviously read a great deal of the literature that exists. He says in general, it is at about three months more or less, around the time the mother starts to feel the quickening when the baby starts to wriggle about, but it can also occur any time from conception to at birth, although these are the more unusual ends of the spectrum. People have described being attached to the mother by a silver thread of sorts, hovering about for some months until fully inhabiting the body close to birth. Owl writes, I believe that the soul has a deep bond with the brain and the heart, so I don't think the soul can enter the body before these organs started to form because it would have no way to anchor, so I think it enters the body around the third week of pregnancy. And Susie adds, The soul enters the body at just the right time. Smiley face emoticon! And D. King 777 writes, This was a memory that returned to the surface recently. I wrote a brief mention of it on my blog, Maternity Ward. 
I had an NDE, that's a near-death experience, as a six-year-old child, and this led to nightly OBEs, which I don't know what it means, uh, out-of-body experiences, I suppose, that were verified by my dad. I was slipping in and out of my physical body with ease and traveling around town at night and having interactions with people on the night shifts at various locations. People would see my spirit as a child and think I was in the body. One of these places I showed up at was the maternity ward. I would watch the spirits as they waited to enter the body. At the age of six, I had a memory of my own birth process. So it was just a matter of remembering what it had been like for me to come into the world. I would show up at my hometown hospital, and then I ventured off into other towns where I would see there was a baby being born. I would just think, I wanted to see that baby being born, and I would be there. During my NDE, I had an interaction with the spirit of my unborn little sister. My mom was pregnant at the time of my NDE. Her spirit was hovering around outside the physical body close to my mom, but wasn't attached in a permanent sense. In the experiences I had with my own memory of birth, my sister and her birth, as well as the many births I witnessed that were verified by my dad, the spirit always entered the body when it started breathing. Of course, I didn't witness every single birth in the world, but the ones I did witness, all of them were after the body started breathing. So much so that as a child, I always referred to the spirit as the breath. When I had my NDEs, my breath would leave my body. Whoa, that is freaky. Freaky. And in a new thread in the past life forum, sub forum, reincarnations and past lives, sub forum, reincarnation questions, Fog Tender writes a thread entitled Energy Force. And it goes like this. Hi, I am new to this and I find it very interesting and have some questions that maybe sound dumb, but hopefully not all that off either. To me, we are all kind of an energy force. I would suppose like that of an electric motor. Power is used, then gone somewhere else in the spectrum, but not used up. In past lives that people see something that had a place in history, is it a possibility that we are like radio stations and radios receiving the broadcast from the past? If there was a point in time where a person was under a distressed time and admitted such emotions that their feelings and thought were transmitted out and in time, some of us are receivers and pick up those feelings as if they were our own? There is times I have been in places that cry out with some kind of distress, but I don't know what was there, but the energy of it still remains. I know there is something after here. When my mother passed away after long illness, she was thousands of miles away, but she stopped by to say goodbye. I didn't know it at the time, but knew something was wrong and called my dad's house and talked to my brother. He said mom was doing okay and they were going to the nursing home to visit her that night. He then said there was another call coming in and had to go. A few minutes later, he called back and informed me. That was the hospital that called and mom had passed away. The difference in the time I knew she passed away was the time it took me to walk to the garage to the house to call. So whatever you call it, she stopped by to tell me she was out of here. I never felt sad about it, but because her body was shutting down on her, she was out of it and on to the next adventure. Anyway, just some thoughts to pass out there and experiences for comments. Is there possibility that eternal light is a great receiver and could have received the events of our past life? What? This, these sentences don't make any sense. Okay. Is there a possibility that eternal light is a great receiver and could have received the events of the past life of someone else and made it her own, which would be a great reason there is so much blank before and after? Could it be compared to turning on a radio into a program that was already underway, then turn it off before it's over, then only knowing of the short span it was broadcast to where you could hear slash feel it? Thanks. Oh my god, fucking A. Overseas writes, Hi, Fog Tender. Good remark. We are all receivers, some more, some less. This can indeed be compared to a radio device and frequencies. 
but only the more gifted can receive the different frequencies best, depending on their particular abilities. These gifted receivers are called mediums. I don't think that being a great receiver is the reason for the blanks. Memories, and therefore PL memories, are always fragmented in my opinion, like has been said here before. Never a perfect chronological story, because memories often get erased out of our system in order to better function. Mostly we only remember what we need to for a life. I think when one is a strong receiver, one can make a difference in telling what is the own past life memory and what is not just by the strength of the emotions. Although a medium is probably strongly empathetic due to his receivingness, I definitely believe the difference in emotions are the most decisive in knowing if it's your own PL memory or not. If the emotions are your own, they will logically thrill you more than when they are others' emotions. I think these people are perfectly able to tell the difference. In Eternal Light writes, Could someone please tell me why, with all the many, many posts of past life memories here on this site, that my past life memory thread was allowed to be shanghaied for questioning or casting doubts on? Isn't there a separate forum for questions? So much for all the protestations and assurances of integrity being the order of the day here. I wish I had not joined now and exposed myself so publicly just to be singled out. Fogtender, don't you think it's rather coincidental that your mother just happened to drop by to say goodbye to you rather than to me or to the president or the tooth fairy or your next door neighbor, a friend even, as opposed to you just randomly and suddenly receiving a radio signal from someone who it just so happened was connected to you personally in life? You can't have it both ways. Either she actually came by to say goodbye or you received a radio signal from her from a time when she was still alive and emitting an emotional signal. <laughs> and Tangera adds, Eternal Light, I wouldn't take it too personally. I assume Fogtender is just new and doesn't understand the drill. Please excuse his lack of etiquette. I am sure he did not mean to offend you or single you out, but yours was simply the first post on the list and it took his attention at that time. And is very interesting, of course. Hi, Fogtender. Welcome to the forum. Yes, the radio signal or TV signal is a nice metaphor. It has been suggested before and there are many threads on the subject of, but how do you know you're not picking someone else's memories? Also, how do you know if it's not just your imagination? And numerous variations on that theme. Personally, I think past life memories act the same as present life memories. So don't really need to use radios or TVs or electricity to explain them. Some people just have better memories than others, but we all remember things to a greater or lesser degree. Just as some people remember their whole childhoods from infancy and others nothing much before the age of 10. It's just one of those things. I'm sorry to hear about the loss of your mother. Yes, it is a quite common experience for people to get a feeling slash communication from someone who has just died. It happens a lot. It happened to me when my father died, in quite similar circumstances to those you describe. A little point on etiquette. Usually to avoid upsetting other members and hijacking their threads, the drill is to start your own thread if you think you have a novel idea to express. So you could do that in the beginner's corner, or better yet, search the threads for a similar subject and submit your ideas on that for starters. Looking forward to reading some more of your thoughts in the future, Tangera. And now that we've learned the, the etiquette of the Past Life Forum, we'll move on to a new thread in the Past Life Forum subforum, Reincarnation Past Life subforum, Children's Past Live subforum. <laughs> in a thread by Baby RN, titled 9-11 Baby Baby RN. <laughs> okay. I've never written anything like this before. Actually makes me a little nervous. But anyway, I've been looking on the internet for someone talking about their child having past life memories from 9-11. My son has just been talking about it for almost a year now. He's almost four. He started out insisting that he doesn't just want to be a firefighter, that he is one. He would get up in the morning and put on his fire outfit, 
a big reward for being potty trained, and tell me he was going to work. He would take his play axe and pretend to chop down the walls, etc., because there was fire behind him. That's how it started, and the info just progressed. We were reading a Curious George book about the big city, and he said very matter-of-factly, bad men knocked those buildings over pointing at the Twin Towers picture. He has also never been exposed to 9-11 scenes. I am also a stay-at-home mom. Then he said planes broke in them and he couldn't help. He also told me there were people jumping because they wouldn't wait for him to get to them. He also told me he was stuck and was trying to break through the walls to get the people out because they were calling for them. He has also gone on extensively about the types of trucks he was in, the colored bucket on the truck, and how it feels to come down from up high in the bucket very detailed about firefighting, and he has stated he is not a firefighter, he's fire rescue. We have no firefighters in the family, but the details I could go on with forever. He also talks about his friend Mike that is also a firefighter. It has opened my eyes to a whole new reality. My husband still doesn't want to believe it, but the details are far too much for a three-year-old to make up. It makes me feel much better someone else is experiencing this too. Chris R. writes, Hi, baby RN. Welcome to the forum, and thank you for sharing your son's experiences. I don't know how new you are to the idea of reincarnation, but it's nothing to worry about and perfectly normal for a child to talk about their past life. It's not something that will necessarily haunt him forever. Most children remember between the ages of around 3 to 7 before they become more involved in their present life, and then they begin to forget. It's my opinion that all children remember their past lives, but most parents dismiss it as imagination. You are doing the right thing by letting your son talk openly about his memories. Just go along with what he is saying, if you already know about it. Try to join in with his conversation. Maybe get him to draw some pictures of what he remembers. And like Vicky said, make sure you write everything down and keep it safe. I would highly recommend investing in Carol's book, Children's Past Lives, as there's lots of information there to help parents like yourself deal with a situation like this. You can read the first chapter. Here, there is a link. I hope you enjoy the forum and keep us updated with your son. And the forum owner, Carol Bowman writes... Baby RN, we are all ears. Please fee free to share as much detail as you want about your son's memories. We would all like to know the details he shared with you. Sometimes when a person dies traumatically, corresponding feelings about the death can surface in a future life. I was wondering if your son is upset, fearful, angry, or speaks matter-of-factly about being a fireman and not being able to get the people out. Does there seem to be a facet of his memories that he is stuck on? Does he mention any family? Anything that you can add about his emotional state or possible corresponding behaviors would be interesting to all of us. Thank you so much for sharing with us, Carol Bowman. And Baby RN replies, I'm not really sure who I'm responding to. I think it's Carol. You'll have to excuse me. I don't have much time to get to the computer these days, so I don't exactly know how this works. Thanks for responding to me. I'm pretty confident that what my son has been telling me is from a past life. There's no way he would know all of this at his age. Also, the tone of his voice is completely different, and he will also laugh a lot if I ask him anything. Why are you asking me this? You know I know all the answers. I'm very aware not to ask him anything specific because he only tells me what he wants at the time, which is always before bed or after he wakes in the morning. Tonight he told me he likes to drive through red lights with the sirens on when he doesn't actually have to, and then he laughs. His info comes in spurts and usually a whole lot of time and then a lull and then more. He told me that I would really enjoy the Christmas parties at his fire station. Everyone always has lots of fun. He said they got a new fire truck because their old one is wrecked. He has said this several times about the new fire truck with a TV in it and maps and a boat on top. He has also tried to give me directions to his fire station. Funny, coming from a three-year-old actually, he says you take a left and then a right to a station on the left, 
with another across the street on the right. He told me that he trains the new guys coming through, and his friend Mike is with the older guys. There's so much in the last year I could go on forever, but there really has been less and less in the past few months. Detail-wise, anyway. Maybe he's forgetting already. Oh, he has said that his friend Mike has two or three kids, but one is the biggest four-year-old boy he has ever seen. I have written it down somewhere, but this is just what I'm thinking of right now. He's a very quiet and kind child to everyone, and I just hope this doesn't have some kind of lasting trauma to him. Although he seems to not be bothered by talking about it on his own terms. Almost seems better after he's talked about it. Sorry so long-winded. And stars three ads. Hi, baby RN. I had to laugh when I read what you wrote about what your little one said. Quote, he's not a firefighter. He's fire rescue. My guess is that he was in a rescue unit. That is exactly the way they talk. I wrote this in my book about some of the members of Rescue One. They lost 11 men on 9-11 and have seen them instilling this attitude into their children. It is very hard to get into one of these units, and they are the elite of the FDNY. They think the FDNY is the best, and they know they are the best of the best. You might want to ask if Mike had a nickname, because most of the men have them. It may be something strange, but that is okay. There are some strange ones. Pooh Bear, Mad Dog, Mongo, etc. Ask and see what he says. Best, Jeff Keen, Assistant Chief, Fire Department, retired. P.S. You may want to ask your son if he had a nickname, or what the other guys called him. Also, he is right on the money about the truck. They have maps, some have small boats, and the TV could well be a computer terminal. Jeff. And Charles Stewart adds, Hello everyone. Fascinating. I just want to add how wonderful it is that such a sad and tragic event as 9-11 can be demonstrative that death is merely a transition that life continues even after an event such as that one. Marvelous! Downtown expensive apartments. Can anyone find out where the Nicholas G. Massa, 65, New York, NY, senior vice president of the Aeon Corp. used to live? There may be some great validation right there. Look forward to reading more and would like to thank the moms for sharing. Don't worry. I'm quite sure both children are actually ridding themselves of the previous trauma of having lived through such an event. They will both be fine. Well, so much positive reinforcement about the 9-11 thing. Bizarre. Anyway, and let's see, where is this thread I was reading? I wanted to read this one. And in another thread in the Reincarnations and Past Lives subforums, subforum Reincarnation Questions, Inquirer asks, Do reincarnation and predestination or fate coexist? Warm greetings to all. I am puzzled. If reincarnation is the opportunity to be reborn in order to atone and make amends for misdeeds committed in past lives, does that not imply that one must have free will in one's present life to choose one's path, whatever that path may be? If one's present life is already predetermined, what would be the point of reincarnation? Wouldn't we all just simply be actors in a pre-written script playing out on a stage that stretches to infinity? How can we act in this life, or any future life, is already predetermined? Many thanks to all for enlightenment. And Chris R. writes, Hi, Inquirer, and welcome to the forum. I believe that each incarnation is only predetermined to a certain degree, like being given a destination for a car journey, and then left to figure out on the route we take to get there for ourselves. You might find this thread interesting. Free will and destiny. We not going there. I don't believe that we reincarnate for the sole purpose of atoning for misdeeds committed in our past lives. Each life is like a different lesson. And when you look at the bigger picture, you can't truly know the good without knowing the bad, like yin and yang. So even what would be considered a bad life is for our ultimate good. Hope you enjoy the forum, Chris. And Night Train writes, 
Hi, Inquirer, and a warm welcome back at you. Yours is one of the most profound questions which has been discussed on this forum. The line of distinction between free will and predestination is contradictory to each other, yet there is evidence of future knowledge. They say that the world beyond our own does not obey our laws of time and space, yet cause and effect are very much a part of our reality. A similar conundrum exists in the world of quantum physics, wherein things can be in two different states at the same time. Although science does not yet claim that there is a direct relationship between quantum mechanics and the spiritual plane of existence, some people feel that there could also be different states, possibilities, at any point of time, in which different futures can be determined by free will. My own theory is that we'll never be able to comprehend how free will and premonition can exist together so long as we are using our earthbound minds on this plane. And in a new thread in the Reincarnation and Past Lives subforum Reincarnation Questions, Habfor asks the question, Is it possible for the soul to reincarnate after the baby was born? Hello, it may not be working as this title describes, but I don't know better ways to put the question. I just wonder, when is the time that the soul or memory or energy was transferred to a newborn baby? Some theories said it happens as the moment the embryo was formed. Others said it is the moment the baby was born. Is there any possibility this reincarnation procedure happens after the baby was born, but before her self-conscious was developed to a certain stage? In very rare cases, could a man's next life was already born before he is dead? A couple of months gap in between? Share your thinkings. Thank you. And Soul Friendly writes, I have a memory of being with my twin sister in the womb at age one month of gestation. We felt whole, i.e. even though undeveloped, we were total souls with our personalities and thoughts. I suppose because we really are spirits and that spirit remains through all of our lives. I have found that when I think of my age, I will say the age which means those months in the womb I was aware of at that time. For instance, I remember being 11 years old, had died from my previous life in 1929, and remember dying in 1939. I don't even, that, that, I don't even understand that sentence. Anyway, and half four replies. Hi, soul friendly. Thank you for your input. Yeah, I think it is very reasonable to start form the womb and me to somehow feel that the feeling of being inside the womb is familiar. It is just this strange thinking popped into my mind this morning that maybe the old soul could enter the new body at any stage before one's full consciousness developed. If so, the body remains an idling machine on autopilot until it is claimed by the memory, the true self. It is a funny thinking, and welcome to comment. And Odds Fish writes, My son started talking to me in utero with distinct likes and a core personality. Come to find out, he has been my child in another life. One of my past lives can remember vaguely being in utero and the shock of birth. I don't doubt that it can happen after birth. Some spirits may be more indecisive or cautious than others. Alaskan Laughter writes, Hi, Odds Fish, and welcome. I'd love to hear more about your child and his distinct personality. My older son once told me he could remember before he was born. He was about eight or nine at the time. He said it was dark and crowded and he didn't like it and he kicked a lot. Boy, did he ever kick me. Then he said that he was fed through a twisted chain. It wrapped around my neck and choked me. When I was in labor with him, the umbilical cord did indeed wrap around his neck tightly, and the doctors had to maneuver him to get the cord from choking him. I'm absolutely sure he's never been told that by me or his dad. 
So what I believe is that he was conscious all of that time. And Oddsfish says, It started a few days after I started to feel kicking. This pregnancy was very excited. I was nearly four months long before I found out. I'm a larger gal and have skipped for long times before due to stress. My husband and I didn't intend on having kids and we were not prepared to raise a kid. We placed him for adoption with a wonderful family and it's all open so we can see him whenever we want. Needless to say, my emotions were running fairly high and negative. I'm feeling kicking and feeling a little freaked out and this voice just kind of bubbles up from under my own thoughts and says, Mama, why are you sad? It just kind of progressed. He had a fear of falling when I was on an unstable surface. I was on an air mattress for a week or so. He'd say things like, Don't like falling, scared. He would also wake me up with specific food requests juice or milk and they would often contrast what I was craving or had in the house I didn't have weird cravings more like specific wants for things I already liked he would laugh when my BFF or husband would say cute things and he even had a short song with simple words that would kind of drift in singing to himself songs I had certainly never heard before a kind that sounds like something kids make up for themselves I would have conversations with him out loud when I was alone and I got the sense he was really listening Kind of like when you're on the phone with someone and they're quiet, but you can still tell that they're actually paying attention or not. My BFF, who was a male to female transgender, was talking to my belly when he was keeping me up one night with kicking. And she said something like, now I want you to let your mom get some sleep and you better listen to your other daddy. I consider her to have equally cared slash parented during the pregnancy. I got this giggle and then my son said, silly, daddy's not here, you're a mommy. Well, when I relayed this to her, she teared up that someone could see her and knew her energy was female, even referred to her as Mama S. When we met this adoptive moms in the selection process, we chose them right after the first phone call. They were that awesome. He was really quiet and still. At first it worried me, maybe like he wasn't responding to them, but I paid attention and realized he was almost studying them, listening. I went more than a week past my due date, Thanksgiving holiday. My OB just had to go hunting, and he was getting really cramped. He would kick a whole bunch and just kept saying, uncomfy, uncomfy, too hot. I can understand why he was so uncomfortable. He came out at 9 pounds, 12 ounces. As I started remembering one of my lives, I noticed that even though he wasn't living with us, his energy was very familiar to me, and in a familiar fashion as that of my child. It was his energy that triggers more of the memories that led me to my research. My past life and my son's are on the history books. I'll say Rome. He has the same serious, concentrated, but caring and thoughtful energy. It's in his gaze, too. And finally, Alaskan Laughter writes, Wow, that's so interesting how he could communicate with you. I wish I'd had that experience with my kids. I was overdue by a week and a half with both my sons. Finally, we'll leave off with another reincarnation question by Used to Woods. In a thread he entitled, How Big is a Soul? He or she, I don't know. I'm just guessing. How big is a soul? Have any of you seen, from a physical standpoint, your soul? Or any soul at all? Do you have any idea of the size or the physical impression we can conceive as a soul? I have only gotten impressions from the eyes of the soul itself, but no idea of the soul as it is itself. What? I have only gotten impressions from the eyes of the soul itself, but no idea of the soul as it is itself. I have, however, gotten the sense of how large the soul is from the comments of a few readers I have discussed this with. One time I was sitting with the reader in a 12 by 16 room with a 10 foot high ceiling and she said my soul would fill the room and maybe more with microscopic sand grains, each of which was a conscious piece of my understanding soul. Okay. Our soul is the whole of what we are made and only a portion of it is what we need to be the individual we are. The soul is our actor while we are the character of the play we are starring in for this lifetime. It is amazing to consider the size of our actual soul and from which we come. And Florence writes, 
I have always believed that the spirit and the soul are separate insofar as the spirit as a spark of God that is your oversoul or higher self who created your soul that is here operating as your subconscious. Your spirit always stays in heaven or is not in this dimension. Your soul may travel back and forth between the two. Seth says that a part of your soul stays in the afterlife or heaven and the balance comes into reincarnation with you. So I would say that because heaven seems to be here, there, and everywhere, that is the size of your soul is exactly that. Here, there, and everywhere. What I probably should have said is that your soul could be as small as a seed and enlarge, depending on the vibration levels it can achieve, to who knows where. It would not be size. I would think it would be dimensions or planes of existence. I have also read that your soul, on an earthly level, can enlarge enough to appear to be in two places at once, though it is still only one soul. Used to what's rights again. Hi, Florence. I have read that too. Our soul is the portion of our overall spirit that inhabits the body. I was talking to a reader who had just told me that a portion of my soul was also incarnated in a woman half my age elsewhere in the U.S. and also was acting as a spirit guide to another individual and also doing research on my past lives in the Akashic Records. I asked how big is my soul and her response was, souls are really, really big. While wonderfully prosaic, I found that comforting for some reason. And Florence writes again, Well, I believe part of what your reader said, but I do not believe the other. I do not believe the soul enters two different bodies at the same time. I believe your soul is your own. I don't think we share one soul. Now, your spirit or oversoul can probably be a guide and communicate with another person's soul. Research. I don't know what kind of research a spirit or oversoul would have to do. And your own soul holds all of the records of all your past lives. Some people like Edgar Cayce had a soul with a very extreme level of vibration. He was able to look at the records of many other souls and give them guidance. But there are not too many of us on that level. What he was reading was the Akashic Records. I think what you are investigating is your subconscious mind, soul, for your own past life records. That is just my opinion of how it all works. I'll tell you what, since I have a few years on you, and I will get there first, I will see if I can post a little message and let you know if I was right or not. You know that even if I could, everyone would argue that it was a prank and not real. That's human nature. Now that I think about it, that is probably how science will come together with us. They will invent a telephone to heaven, picking up on those ever so high vibrations. I hope they do it quickly because like all women, I want to call my mother. Ha <laughs> ha. And used to what's rights. I don't know if you'll get there before me, Florence. I'm not privy to my life plan yet. But if you do get there first and you find you have the time and the inclination to contact me with the truth, please understand that I will believe you. I am more critical of the mundane and standard matters of the material world than I am of the impressions received from what I feel. Somehow the latter carries more weight, but don't hesitate to hit me in the head with a heavy object. When my spirit guide has been trying to get something through to me and I'm simply not getting it, he begins his message with the vision of a man using a 2 by 4 as a bat. Take care before you was... What does that even mean? I don't know. Okay, um, that's going to do it for this podcast. I've recorded too much about past lives. I've wasted too much of this life recording about past lives now, and I'm feeling like I've wasted my time, except that it has resulted in this podcast for you. So how can I, silly me, how could I feel so bad about myself? Well, what do you think? The jury's still out. Is there past lives? Are you reincarnated? Are you carne asada You'd be delicious if you were. Anyway, so that wraps up the Lou Reed's, the Carol Bowman's Past Lives Forums at childpastlives.org. Obviously, these people are, well, I, well, you know. (laughs) Uh, Are these people crazy? 
I don't know. There certainly seem to be a lot of them, although, as is typical with this sort of forum, there's a lot of the hardcore core forum users who post over and over again lots of different places, uh, all with their opinions about reincarnation. And, of course, there's the person who owns a site selling their book. And I think it is unlikely. But I'm not going to take that away from them. Keep on believing your crazy nonsense. All right. Thanks for listening. I did not write any of these posts in this forum. So thanks for listening to this week's podcast. And I hope that uh, some of you took took some time to listen to the guests sitting in on the Comedy Nerds podcast that we did a couple weeks ago of the 30 Rock a X parody review that we did. And I understand. It was dated because that parody came out like last year and was nominated for all these uh, porn awards, AVN awards, the Golden Boners, all those things. But, uh, you know, it was an interesting experiment. If you were wondering, we fast-forwarded through all the porn. We've all seen porn. We know what it looks like. And I thought there might be some funny writing, like some funny jokes thrown into the porn, but then I realized that it would be um, uh, most likely, that would be like a fantasy-shattering thing to have, like one-liners and jokes in the middle of the porn. So instead of funny gags, it was the usual, harder, whatever. Anyway, uh, so yeah, just if you haven't checked it out, it's the post previous to this one on the blog. It is, uh, I thought it was entertaining. It was fun to do. And there were lots of, lots of chuckles were had. And this is the part of the podcast where I remind you that if you have an iTunes account, to please go and write a review and, and not use the dirty talk to do the reviews. Lou Reed's has to be up there. It's got to be up there with like... All the, the top podcasts got to be up there with Comedy Death Ray. That's, that's my goal. Uh, and Never Not Funny, which I find often is not funny. <laughs> yeah, definitely, uh, if you get a chance, do that. And comment at the blog if you like and at the fan page, the f- Facebook fan page. I love hearing from you guys uh, and I love getting your suggestions. I've gotten some good suggestions recently. And I need to thank friend of the podcast, James Arthur Fields, for finding and sending me this uh, forum. It's uh, chock full of craziness, as you've heard for the last whatever minutes. And James has been very diligent in hunting down the crazy. And I'll probably be reading another suggested forum in the near future, but I won't give props for that until I do, because I don't want to... I don't want to count my chickens. You know what I'm saying? And one last note before I go, uh, I'm going on vacation. So there may not be a podcast, a proper podcast, for two or three weeks. Because I will be at the beach. Hey, oh, also, also, would you come and see me if I read things from the internet live? I'm considering doing that here in New York City. So give me some feedback on that idea. Anyway, my name's Lou. This has been Lou Reads the Internet for you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.